This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of change makers. I'm your co-host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, co-founder of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small, and our team of experts shows you how to consume and shop responsibly by recommending world-changing products, brands, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the world-changing goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Also, to help us spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. Listeners, first off, I wanted to check in with you. How are you doing? How are your friends and family faring during these uncertain and unprecedented times? COVID 19 is throwing the world into a crisis unlike anything we've ever seen. Lisa and I, plus our loved ones, are fine, but we are now adapting to a rapidly changing environment that's having major impacts on our business and millions of local and small shops around the world. These are uncharted waters for humanity, so we wanted to hop in with a quick bonus episode with an on-the-ground perspective from a voice that Lisa and I sincerely respect. In today's episode, Fast Company journalist Liz Segrin walks Lisa through ways humanity has been responding to our new reality with creativity and compassion. They also get into how we can continue living ethically and mindfully despite being homebound. If you're wondering how you can give back in this time of need, we've got tips for you. And if you're looking to join the conversation with us, Lisa and I just launched a new initiative to support our community. We're doing virtual Changemaker Coffee Chats every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Pacific, where we come together to brainstorm creative ways to help others around the world. Bring a cup of coffee or your lunch and join us. To sign up, visit brightly.eco slash coffee. And with that, let's get into it. Hi, Liz. Uh, thank you so much for joining Good Together today. And, and I know it's such a crazy uncertain times these days, but um, I appreciate your time and opportunity yeah, to talk Yeah, thank you so you. much for having me. Great. Uh, so for our listeners, I just wanted to know that uh, today's just will be me, uh, Liz and Liz, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, kind of the new reality that we are all getting used to, uh, used to uh, the reality of COVID-19, the coronavirus around the world and specifically in the U.S., of course. Um, we definitely, as usual, want to leave you in the end of episode with actionable, inspiring, uplifting tips uh, and what you can do uh, to kind of uh, take care of yourselves and of others and keep uh, supporting the planet even during these um, uncertain times. So we always um, start these episodes with asking our guests to briefly introduce themselves, just 
tell us about you, what you're doing, where you are, and we'll go yeah, from there. Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Elizabeth Segrin. Um, I am the author of a book called The Rocket Years, How Your 20s Launched the Rest of Your Life. Um, and I'm also a senior staff writer at a magazine called Fast Company, where I focus on the fashion industry and particularly sustainability in the fashion industry. Um, and actually, you know, it's so interesting. I've spent the last two years uh, doing a lot of research for my book um, about the big decisions that we make in our 20s and how they change the course of our lives. And um, what's been clear to me, you know, over the last couple of weeks is that, you know, I think for a lot of young people, they're watching all of the events unfold right now. And I think one of their anxieties is that these events may derail or change the course of their future. Um, and so that's something that I've been thinking a lot about and, and finding ways to, um, to discuss these issues with, with, with younger people for whom, um, you know, the, the events of, of the last week um, are, you know, you know going to change their future. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, I just wanted to mention to everyone that, you know, I know we're talking about this very serious situation and talking with Liz about, you know, COVID-19, the coronavirus reality. Um, but I also wanted to make sure that everybody knows what huge fans of you, uh, of we are at Brightly, of your, all of your writing and reporting, and really looking forward to reading your book as well. Uh, we were supposed to record this uh, interview in person uh, and focus more on other things, uh, more fun things than coronavirus situation uh, we were planning to uh, be in our beautiful zeus property in la but again we are all adjusting to the new reality so we'll go with that and we'll um we'll absolutely have liz again on our podcast to talk about uh things that are related to sustainable fashion and more fun things but i wanted to start the conversation just kind of check in with you how are you doing i mean how are we all doing during this trying and uncertain right. times we are basically adapting to this whole new reality and a new way of living and i know as a journalist you kind of have a very uh i think a much better understanding than an average person of how we're doing as a society what do i you think, think that um you know the last week has been a very tough one for a lot of people uh not just because we're dealing with this pandemic but because we're processing uh changes uh, and new information in live time uh so i think this last week um a lot of new information came to light uh number one you know how big of an issue this is going to be for our country um and then the second issue is, you know, the recession that looks like it's on its way. Um, and then third, you know, there's been growing um, information about how uh, long we're going to have to be in this state of social distancing. You know, I think even a week ago, I was contemplating whether to travel in March, you know, in April, um, and clearly all travel has been canceled for a long time. And not only that, I think most of us are going to be sheltering in our homes for not just a few weeks, but possibly months. Um, and so I think that what's really important for people to um, to think about right now is that, you know, I think we're, we're dealing with two levels of anxiety. You know, on the one hand, there are these enormous uh, cataclysmic historical events that are happening and we're watching them unfold, a pandemic, a national emergency, a recession. These are all really big things. But I also think that it's important for us to 
recognize and um, and be okay with uh, the feelings that um, that we're experiencing right now that uh, that are just you know about the disappointments and you know and the and the personal sadness that we're feeling about things that might be smaller than these bigger events you know um, I think a lot of people are disappointed that um, you know their graduation got canceled I think people are worried about their kids who are not going to get to be educated over the next couple of weeks uh, couples are separated from one another. I think it's just really important for us to say, you know, it's okay to feel whatever it is you're feeling right now. Um, and you need to spend some time, um, you know, dealing, thinking through and, you know, and sort of like coming to terms with your own personal disappointments um, before you, you sort of have the capacity to take in the, the much bigger issues that we're dealing with. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've chatted with you, I think, last uh, last Friday and I, I was in L.A. Laura was in L.A. Um, for, uh, for our listeners, I think you guys know that uh, we are participating in the Yellow Accelerator by Snapchat. It was a huge deal. It's still a huge deal. But on Friday, all of the programming of the accelerator was moved to fully online. And ultimately, me and Laura, we decided that it was definitely a good call for us to um pack our stuff and um, drive back to the Bay Area to our homes and families. And yeah, exactly as you said, Liz, it's, uh, we've been kind of living on a day-to-day. Like even during the weekend, there was no shelter in place uh, yet in San Francisco. Uh, during the week, there was no shelter in place in uh, mandate in uh, California in general. So we're definitely taking it day by day, but um, I'm glad that we are society uh, taking this uh, this issue seriously. But yeah, again, I think it's totally care for all of us. I agree with you to kind of uh, process our personal sadness and issues and all of the circ- uh, you know different cir- uh, circumstances and changes we have to accept in the, our lives, and then start uh, kind of being good citizens and doing um, the things that, uh, that are right mm-hmm. for the society. Um, so I'm curious if you, um, what kind of things uh, you have seen and observed and how is the cor- coronavirus affecting different uh, population groups? Uh, of course, if you know anything, like obviously we know and we care and we're so thankful for healthcare professionals in this country and around the world. Uh, but how does it also affect teachers, students, um, just regular professionals, have you seen um, how this kind of situation is affecting different groups of people? Yeah, I think that what's important um, right now is that um, a, a pandemic like this, a health emergency like this, is throwing into relief the inequities that we're seeing in society. Uh, the same is true when it comes to things like global warming and uh, the natural disasters that we were seeing. Um, You know, in in times like this, it becomes very clear that people who are already vulnerable and on the margins are the ones who are going to suffer um, the most. Um, So, you know, a lot of us have been wrestling with and complaining with uh, about the the concept of having to be stuck at home for a long time. Um, And I think it's really important to realize that, you know, that is actually a luxury, that we have this luxury to stay at home, protect ourselves, protect our families, because actually there are a lot of people out there who are considered uh, either, you know, essential workers or who um, have to work out of necessity, who are putting themselves at risk. so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about um, 
people, um, you know, obviously there are people who need to keep our cities running, like, you know, the trash collectors, there's, um, you know, people who are working on critical infrastructure, um, as well as obviously the, the healthcare professionals, you know, that goes without saying. Um, but, um, you know, I, I was working on a story this week about Amazon and how the workers at Amazon are continuing to work under these conditions uh, with up to 2,000 people in each location around the country. And in fact, Amazon is wow. continuing to hire because there's been uh, an increase in the number of um, orders that they've been receiving. Um, and, you know, that really made me think about how um, our society operates because, you know, the United States doesn't have very uh, robust infrastructure um, and, and government services the way that other nations do. And so we rely on the private sector, on companies like Amazon to um, deliver services, right? So there are lots of people right now who are using Amazon to get uh, essential things like medication. Uh, you know, I'm sure that there are hospitals and, and, and clinics that are getting gloves and hand sanitizer and things like that. Um, and then older people are relying on Amazon and its infrastructure to deliver groceries, right? So that they don't need to put themselves at risk by going to uh, grocery stores. Um, and so what we're actually doing is that, you know, workers who are relatively low paid workers in these factories are effectively putting their own health and well-being at risk uh, so that the rest of us can shelter in place. Um, and, you know, while, you know, there are lots of people in society who are considered essential workers and are fairly compensated for that, um, you know, these, these workers are not uh, particularly well paid and many of them don't get health care. Um, so I think that that just really uh, hit home to me that, um, you know, like while we're wrestling with the prospect of being stuck at home for weeks, you know, on end, uh, we're, that we're actually the lucky ones, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't agree more with you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's so many means and quotes there. And it's like, you know, your grandparents were, uh, you asked, were asked to go to the war, you can definitely handle sitting on the couch. So I mean, it's kind of maybe mean a little bit, but we are definitely not the ones who are having the, the most difficult times dealing with this. Like, yeah, as you said, exactly, like taking care of your family and being able to stay at home, having the privilege of having a home, having food delivered to you in many cases, uh, you know, we definitely have to think about them. You know, Amazon and other essential workers who are making uh, it possible for us to stay in the comfort comfort of our homes and take mm -hmm. care of our families. Um, and uh, I'm not sure this was not actually on my list of questions to ask you, but I am sure you have heard of that. Uh, in terms of the global um, supply chains of the fashion industry, I've been hearing um, some news that, uh, you know, uh, big brands are basically cutting down um, their supply chains and um, are not creating more fashion pieces because obviously there is a decrease in demand and but ultimately again um, it affects the workers who are losing jobs and uh, losing their stream of income uh, have you yeah heard about so that, you know please? at the beginning of this uh, when the crisis was kind of uh, evolving um, and it was kind of um, kind of at work in um, in China um, I looked into the supply chains there um, and at the, at that point they said that 
you know, most supply chains were going to be sort of delayed by a few months, but that things would be up and running um, again soon. Um, I think that that's going to change um, as the pandemic spreads um, everywhere. Uh, but I, I, I do think that this is an important moment for us to um, to think about, you know, how we're going to respond to what's unfolding in front of us. Um, and it also kind of relates to what I was saying before about how, you know, young people are are looking at their futures and, and seeing how uh, an event like this may totally, you know, disrupt or change their futures. Um, I think actually that there is a really valuable opportunity for all of us right now to think about um, the way that our economy works and, you know, and the way that products are made and the way that, um, you know, the global supply chain works. Um, I mean, I, I, this is not to trivialize what's going on or to, to find a silver lining and what is really, really horrible. Um, but, but what I would say is that, you know, right now, um, I think we're learning um, about what is essential to us, uh, both on a personal level and kind of, you know, at um, a, on a global level and, and, you know, in terms of the whole economy. Um, and so what I mean by that is, you know, I think over the last week, we've all been um, thinking about, um, you know, what really matters to us um, and also like what we really need. Um, uh, you know, we, we saw a lot of people going to stores to um, to, to buy products because they're worried about, uh, you know, the supply, the, the, you know, supply of food and, and supply of other essential things. And I think that at home, we've, we've shifted from a mindset of um, excess and, and having, you know, a, a lot of products around us to a mindset of rationing and uh, thinking about what is most essential and what we, we absolutely need and what we don't need. Um, and so I think that that's actually um, a, probably a, a healthier and more eco-friendly mindset. Um, and I think that, you know, there might be some benefit to sort of like uh, thinking through uh, what we're learning about what our own needs are th at this point, uh, because eventually this moment of crisis will be over. Um, and, you know, I think I think there can be lessons for us uh, going forward about, you know, what is really crucial and what is essential in society. Um, I think that also applies to some of these other supply chain issues that we're talking about. I think that, you know, I think that we need to really as a society value what people like Amazon workers are doing and value their work differently than the way that we valued them before. I think in the past, we saw people uh, like Amazon workers as, you know, just kind of, uh, uh, you know, a small part of the economy helping to facilitate e-commerce. Uh, but I think we're seeing now what, what's going to happen when, uh, you know, we don't have very much, many other retail options, right? Uh, and we're relying on these workers to provide very essential um, you know, products to us on a daily basis. And perhaps that should help us rethink, uh, you know, how we value people uh, who do these kinds of jobs. Um, we're looking at like, grocery workers, exactly. people who are essential to our, uh, you know, our food supply chain. I mean, I think right now we're seeing that uh, it looks like there's going to be enough food, um, you know, produced domestically uh, for us to, to to survive for several months, depending on how long this lasts. But I don't think that we've ever been more grateful for the people who um, make and deliver our food. Um, you know, I think it's all of this is going to force us to sort of really value what is essential here. Um, 
Yeah. And, and obviously as for the larger, you know, fashion supply chain, I mean, I think, um, you know, the, the, there were a lot of issues with sustainability um, and excess that I was often writing about before all of this. I think that, um, you know, unfortunately at a time like this, you know, it's just forcing us to realize like what is not essential. You know, I think, you know, we're, we're very few people right now are spending our time at home shopping for fashion items. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, in the short term, that's kind of a painful proposition for a lot of these companies. But I think longer term, it's going to force them to think about, you know, what kinds of products are really uh, important to make and, and what kind of, um, you know, wh- you know, what kind of products are really, um, you know, necessary, you know, and like creating durable products, creating products that will last longer, creating products that are more sustainable. I think it gives it gives brands an opportunity to think through those kinds of questions. Exactly. Yeah. And it also makes brands to think about other business models, maybe uh, that, you know, don't have to deal with production of thousands and millions of um, fashion pieces that will just goes to waste. And but um, yeah, I love how you talked about how we are realizing what's essential in our lives. um, But also we are realizing how important, again, all of this almost like invisible people that we just take for granted. And now in this time of crisis, we are realizing how much they mean for, to, for the society. I am also was thinking when you were talking about that, I was also thinking maybe uh, as we realize this new priorities in our lives and what actually is important, Hopefully, it will also make us realize that, uh, you know, it's not just Amazon workers here. It's not that people are growing our food, people um, working in the grocery stores, but it's also people all around the world on the other end of the supply chain that are real people. I think um, this crisis is also is bringing us together as a society. We realize how interconnected mm-hmm. we truly are. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I can't agree more with you in this uh, this type of situation. Definitely uh, gives us food for thought, but b- brings us together and hopefully we'll take our um, lessons very yeah. seriously from this. But let's talk about silver linings that you can uh, mention, uh, mm-hmm. briefly mentioned. I think overall, um, how we as humanity has been responding to this new reality, um, I think it's been uh, with a lot of creativity and compassion. Um, And I was particularly inspired by, you know, the ethical brands community and um, not even the ethical brands community. I've seen uh, on the B2B and business to business side of things, uh, obviously, as you just mentioned, you know, not as many people are shopping. uh, So e-commerce companies are struggling, unfortunately, especially with the financial crisis is looming on us as well um, but I've also seen uh, very surprisingly obviously since uh, people are shopping less e-commerce brands are having to cut down all their marketing budgets and things like that but I have seen marketing agencies uh, and you know consultants uh, business services providers are actually offering start to offer their services for free um, businesses are coming together in terms of how we can um, cross promote each other and things like that and of course I've also been seeing a lot um, of, from my friends on Facebook and other social channels um, kind of calls on how we can so help support continue supporting our local and small businesses too so that has been uplifting for me uh, what have you yeah, seen? yeah I mean I think it's a it's a really tough one because um, you know I write about a lot of direct-to-consumer brands and a lot of startups that's kind of um, you know what I've been focused on for a long time And, um, 
you know, I've been obviously very critical of a lot of brands because, um, you know, of, of sustainability related issues, but it, it also sort of breaks my heart to see um, how so many of them are struggling right now. Um, I think that I, I, the silver lining that I would take is kind of, um, you know, kind of a more bigger picture silver lining. Um, I think that it's quite clear that we are headed towards um, a pretty major recession. Um, and I think that, uh, what I think about is, um, you know, other historical moments where the economy has taken a really serious hit. Um, and I think about things like, you know, the great depression and then the years after that, um, things like the Marshall plan. Um, and I actually think that, you know, um, this, I mean, this is obviously going to be a very painful process, but I think that if the economy is facing, uh, serious um, challenges, um, two things are going to emerge from this. I think one is that the people are going to realize um, how important uh, social safety nets are um, and and how and what the role that the government should play in society. And I think that that's ultimately a good thing because I think that, um, you know, in American society, there are a lot of people who fall through the cracks uh, because there, there isn't a good social safety net. And so I think that uh, this is going to help us reframe the role of government. And, and then also, you know, in previous economic uh, crises, the government has invested a lot of money in uh, building infrastructure. Um, you know, it, it was after the Great Depression and, um, you know, in other, you know, crises like that, that the government started investing a lot in things like building uh, highway systems, you know, building, uh, you know, a lot of infrastructure that we have now. Um, I think that there's an opportunity after this uh, for the government to once again invest in infrastructure, but then perhaps to do it um, in such a way that we are sort of, um, you know, doing things that are along the same lines of the Green New Deal, right, where we can, we all, all the infrastructure investment that happens after a crisis like this, it would be wonderful if it was more focused on, um you know, helping to uh, the helping the economy to transition into a more sustainable model. Um, so, so that's kind of the silver lining that I'm seeing, um, and that's very, very macro level. Uh, I also have some thoughts about micro mm -hmm. level um, silver linings. If if you're interested, of course, yeah, no, yeah. Let's talk about the sure. micro level. Um, I love that. Well, you know, I, you know, it's so interesting because I've been writing this book uh, for the past couple of years, and I've been thinking a lot about it. And I was thinking about how, um, you know, I, I was focused on people in their 20s, but I, I think that this really applies to people throughout their lives. But I think that, you know, the, one of the main tensions we have in life is this um, is this tension between, on the one hand, um, you know, making really good decisions and planning for our future um, and being very much in control. And I think um, that that is always in tension with this other part of ourselves, right? Which is having this freedom to be free and be impulsive and make mistakes and live in a state of chaos. I think that that is kind of the fundamental tension that 20 somethings experience, but actually, you know, we all experience through life. And I think that. Um, in my book, I try and talk about how there, there's a way for us to 
to think of these two things as complementary, not as separate. Because basically, I think that uh, moments of chaos and moments of, um, you know, um, of, of sometimes, you know, making mistakes or, or dealing with struggles um, are really important because they teach us about ourselves and about the world. So that when in the future you have an opportunity to make a decision, you have new information about, you know, what, you know, what would be the best decision to make at that time, right? Like all the breakups you've ever had uh, are so crucial, mm -hmm. uh, you know, provide crucial information for the moment that you decide whether or not to marry someone, right? Uh, that, that's just one example. So I think in a crisis like this, um, we're communally dealing with this uh, moment of intense chaos. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's horrible and it's painful. Um, but I wonder if, you know, one empowering way to think about it is for us to try and harness the chaos a little bit and to think about um, what we're learning about ourselves and the world right now. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not making light of any of this and this is not what I want for anybody, but, but given that we're here now, what can we learn about ourselves and the world? What, what is this moment teaching us about what really matters to us, about who really matters to us, about what kind of work really matters to us? Um, you know, and as a society, you know, what can this teach us, as we were talking about before, about what is essential and, and who is essential and how can we value those things better? I think that that's, that's what we should be doing right now, um, if only to, to allow ourselves to feel like this is not a total waste. No, I actually I love it. Um, and before we go into the next question, I, um, I, I we kind of started doing the same thing with Brightly. I think one of the silver linings that we've uh, found and we found online is that people are, okay, we can't meet with each other in real life. Let's figure out how we can hang out and still keep being in touch with each other uh, online. And so one thing we started doing with Brightly this week is having the virtual Changemaker coffee chats every Wednesday at noon and it's at brightly.eco.coffee if you want to check it out but um it's uh, it's not unscripted it's not um, a brightly chat um it's um not about me or laura personally it's just kind of a place for us to come together as a community and uh we just hosted one uh two days ago and again there was no topic in place but uh, i would love to actually discuss the topic that you were just talking right now it's like how about uh, what we are learning right now about ourselves about our society about the world and start thinking about that way as an opportunity to grow and learn i love that so I, it just gave me an idea of like what we can talk about it next week uh but in general i think it's a great point that you're making um definitely again um gives us food for thought um so um as you guys know uh, one of the main goals of uh, every episode of good together we want to leave you with simple actionable tips that you can implement in your everyday life to live more sustainably ethically and mindful in general um so liz i was wondering if uh, you, we can talk about a little bit of how we can continue living ethically and mindfully even if we are maybe homebound even if we are living with this new reality Do have any specific yeah I, I think ideas? we yeah there, there's a bunch of different things that we can do I think that the first thing that I would say is to spend a little bit of time um, thinking about self-care 
Um, and, you know, I think that this is actually very much related to um, bigger issues of sustainability and ethical living, um, because I think it's it's very hard for us to focus on uh, the needs of anybody else when we're frayed and when we're um, very, very stressed out. Um, and I'm just seeing this all around me, you know. Um, Earlier this week, um, you know, my husband and I were processing everything that was happening and we were super stressed out and um, it was just leading to a lot of tension. Um, and I think that that's been happening around the country. Um, but we spent a little bit of time, you know, on on self-care. Uh, for me, I learned how to knit and I started knitting. Um, you know, he's been doing various things himself to try and um, shift his mindset. And I think as soon as we were able to do that, we were able to start Start thinking about the the bigger issues and how to help uh, you know other people and and how to be um, mm -hmm. how to make you know how to uh, allow you know use the resources that we have right now to to uh, be helpful to other people. So I would number one really advise everybody to spend a little bit of time investing in things that will help take the tension away. That might mean um, you know not reading the news uh, past a certain point in the day. I stop. Reading at four o'clock every mm -hmm. day. And I just, um, you know, and I'm a journalist, I need to be really plugged into the news. So yeah, I love it. No, that's a great tip. I think it's now more important than ever to really kind of force yourself to not listen to news and maybe yeah, social for, media. For sure. The second thing is um, to focus, as, as we've been talking about, on, um, you know, taking some time right now to think about, um, you know, what is really important. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about this throughout this episode. I think that, you know, as you're going about your day and living your life at home and kind of thinking about what's on your grocery list and what's, you know, what you're focused on, um, you know, spend a bit of time checking in with, you know, what are the things that you really need and value? Uh, because I think that, you know, eventually we're going to come out of this. And I think it would be really tragic if society just moved back to a state of overconsumption, which I think we would all agree is like a big part of what is um, the problem, you know, what what's led us to this, uh, you know, this unsustainable moment, um, you know, the environment has been yeah. totally destroyed. It's because of overconsumption. And right now we're in a mindset of rationing and of uh, being careful with what we um, purchased. Uh, let's think about, you know, what we're doing now. Um, and then finally, I think that, um, you know, it's just really um, important to think about um, how we can um, be supportive to one another, even when um, we can't see each other or interact with each other um, in person. Um, you know, it's been really hard, I think, uh, for a lot of us because, um, you know, human contact is so important. Um, but as you said, you know, we're finding all of these other ways to bridge the gap. Um, and so I think that, um, I think that if there's one thing that this global pandemic has taught us is is how we are connected to each other in in ways that are just beautiful and profound um and i think you know it's worth spending a bit of time kind of celebrating that but then also seeing how we can help one another so if that means like you know, if you happen to be younger and healthier and it's less of a risk for you to go out and grocery shop for someone else, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to connect with neighbors that you haven't, uh, you know, talked to in the past who are, who are a bit older um, and, and help them. Um, if you're, you know, you weren't 
talking to your um, family members on a daily basis, you know, now is the time to connect with them. If you're, um, you know, if you and your friends, you know, tended to text each other, um, you know, you know, intermittently in the past, you know, now's the time to, to reconnect with them. Um, I think that these are three things that we can do um, to, you know, to sort of like get through this time together. Yeah, no, um, I totally agree with you. It's it's so important. And I think I kind of briefly mentioned and before kind of like start with yourself, as you mentioned in the beginning of this episode, this discussion, and then uh, give yourself time to process everything. So you yourself are okay. And then let's start thinking about how we can help each other. You're absolutely right. And um, yeah, so for me, uh, you know, I, I have some marketing knowledge and sales knowledge. So I have been offering my help. I actually had in calls uh on saturday with other ethical business founders and just to see if i can help give them some helpful tips on um kind of how to survive uh during this crisis especially if you're a brick and mortar store um We've seen in our community, in our Facebook group, it's good together, uh, ethical shopping and lifestyle. Uh, people are posting that, you know, they're, um, they're ordering uh, they're still continuing to order food from their favorite local restaurants and they deliver on the doorstep. You know, they take precautions. Laura was just telling me the other day, um, her, uh, her and her husband, they actually ordered actual pizza ingredients. I don't think that their local pizza place, as I understand, they, I don't think they're making food anymore, but they, in order to survive, they're selling, you know, the fresh ingredients that they have. Um, uh, there is also, we've, uh, we've noted on our website, we have a blog post, five ways to help the planet while you homebound uh, you can support your again your local businesses uh, through gift cards there are services like buy me a coffee or patreon and things like that um and as you mentioned, uh, you know, now this is the time if you have free time to learn something new and inspire others. Um, I am really hoping that I can push myself to start reading more books. Um, I, I love reading physical books. Uh, so I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll finally get to read the books that I've been buying over the last few months. Um, yeah, trying, I, I love people sharing recipes and, you know, you know, kind of like we've been sharing with our community a lot of like Meatless Monday recipes, uh, but I've seen um, people sharing around recipes that maybe require a bit less ingredients than usual. So like a very simple ones in case you can't get some uh, fancy ingredients from your stores or online. Um, and yeah, people coming together, people, you know, now you're, again, as you mentioned, you're realizing what is important in your life who is important in your life and it's like okay now i really don't have an excuse not to get on a facetime with my best friend across the country mm-hmm. um, and things like that uh, i think this is a good place for us to and uh, one thing we love asking our brands is a few questions, uh, our guests is a few questions about um, uh, your favorite ethical brands and products like this. But I want to kind of like reframe it a little bit. And um, perhaps I'm curious uh, because, again, Liz, we will have you uh, in the future to talk about other more fun things for sure. So I wanted to ask you, have you seen, maybe you have seen some very inspiring examples of how brands are doing right uh, by their community, by the environment? by the society at large i know obviously we have uh, been probably our inboxes are full of the covid19 emails but uh, have you seen any ex- like specifically especially inspiring examples of brands doing things right uh, you know by their community and by their customers but also um, by their workers and their um, one workers. interesting thing that i saw earlier this week was by a brand called somersault which makes um eco-friendly swim 
swimwear um, and resort wear. And, um, you know, what they did was they basically they redeployed their customer service team um, to basically provide emotional support to customers. So they basically asked customers if they wanted to, to text uh, a special helpline um, if they, you know, were feeling down or depressed or needed some help. Um, and the, the, the brand would um, send back, uh, you know, something inspiring or something funny or, you know, something, something to, to lift some, their spirits. Um, and part of the reason they, they felt like able to do this was that they, um, you know, they have several people on their customer service team who happen to be trained as counselors and, and mental health experts. So they, they felt like, you know, if a message came through that suggested that somebody was having a really hard time, they could, um, you know, they, they could redirect that person to, to you know, a, a nonprofit or a mental health expert that would help them. Um, but I thought that this was really interesting because, um, you know, I think that over the next couple of weeks and months, there are going to be lots of companies uh, whose employees are not going to be able to perform uh, the functions that they were doing before uh, because of a re reduction in demand or because retail stores are closed or, you know, or whatever, right? Um, so if brands can think about how to keep these people employed um, and redeploy them in such a way that is helpful and encouraging to other people, um, I think that that's like a, a, a win for everybody. I love this example. It's very unique and you're absolutely right. And it's actually giving me um, ideas to, you know, um, obviously every brand has their customer and customer demographic, but I'm thinking about my previous work experience where our audience was a bit older. Um, sometimes, you know, we're, uh, they're not living with their family, um, you know, so yeah, a lot of times if grandparents um, are not in touch, like they're not living in the same city, even as their uh family and grandkids um i'm thinking for brands with especially older um, demographic who may or may not um be able to be in touch with their family i think these are the groups that really could use the services and this is such a this is this is such an inspiring and a perfect kind of example of a brand truly listening to their customers and i think it's also very creative uh, in terms of the brands again like yeah because a lot of brands are, are are forced to making this very difficult decisions like can you keep all of your hourly or even in general can you keep all of your employees employed uh, not even through march but again we are talking about a few months ahead um, and this is a very creative way of solving this and again providing value to your community and the society at large i love this example that's very interesting Liz. Well, I think this is a great uh, uh, place for us to stop. I really enjoyed this conversation and kind of your outlook on all of this. Again, I think as a journalist, as an author, you have such an interesting perspective on everything. And you are, you can kind of, um, I think you gave us such a great like macro look and understanding of where we are, what what we're doing. Um, uh, for me, it was very, very helpful because again, I think, I don't want to talk for everyone, but for myself, like, I think we're all just like thinking how we're dealing uh, with this individually, but like, yeah, I really appreciate your um, input in terms of like, okay, let's, uh, let's uh, pause and take a bigger uh, picture look at this and where, where we can go from here in the future after, after this crisis is over and it will absolutely yeah, be over. Sure. Thank you, Liz. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes. And we'll talk soon. I promise. Thank you. Okay. Bye.
Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.